Hey, Brad. Yeah. Uh, so, so I got a question about Juggalos. Okay, so. Do you now? Yes, as always, I have a question about Juggalos. Um, okay, so it, uh, cl- clearly, like you've mentioned, you, you don't have to know, like you don't have to be into them to be a Juggalo. Like. I've played with that idea. I don't know if I'm fully about it. Okay. Yeah. My question is, are there any Juggalos from history? Historical Juggalos? Yeah, like would you go like, you know, like, I don't know, some like a uh, general or, you know, like. Have you ever watched Escape from L.A.? Yes, I have. The scene with the crowd and there's that one guy with like the blue face. Okay, that yeah. That guy's a fucking Juggalo. Would you say the guys from the Warriors are Juggalos? About half of them, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, about half of the people from the Warrior are Juggalos. Um, I'm pretty sure Attila the Hun was a Juggalo. Yeah, I was going to say, was Genghis Khan a Juggalo? Not Genghis Khan. <laughs> Too interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah. But Attila, I, I think he had strict boundaries about that. He always <laughs> talked insane. What about, like, yeah, like, there's got to be more Juggalos from history. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know how Napoleon Bonaparte had that one brother? Who just stayed home and smoked pot all day? Yeah. Total juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I sent you recently, there, there's this thing that I found where it was this uh, this actress who was being hounded by paparazzi in the, the 50s, I want to say. Right, yeah. And Juggalette right there, absolutely. Yeah. Brought us a bow and arrow? Yeah, she, she punched one of the guys. They threatened to call the cops on her, and then she pulled out a bow and arrow and shot one of them. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> anytime you hear a story like that, I think, like, Another time, another place, that person would have been a juggalo. Yeah. Like, I don't, like she was in, from the 50s, so she wasn't even exposed to them. That word wasn't around. But That's a juggalo. If she was 15 and she heard ICP, it would have happened. Come <laughs> yeah. On, come on. Nobody shoots me with a goddamn bow and arrow. Especially when you're rich and famous. <laughs> without having a little bit of the wicked clown, dark carnival love in you. There's juggalos all throughout history, I guarantee it. Anytime you watch something, sometimes like, they're background characters in movies. Like, you're meant to be listening to the main people, and there's just some fucking weirdo doing his thing in the background, and he's, like, stealing attention from everything else. Yeah. He's just so damn weird, and they never should have casted him. That Juggalo. Fat, that fat guy from Trouble Movies. <laughs> yeah. Always the Juggalo. My favorite line he's ever said was, I don't give a wet fart what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that guy's a Juggalo. Almost definitely. set the stage a little bit i did some of this so i'll be brief with it because i know this episode is going to run long yep anyways um but last time i was talking a little bit about the family era so by this point on their label they had um twisted mm-hmm. well, icp twisted plays anybody killer as like the main acts uh, zug island were around at times <laughs> um and we'll get into that well we we touched on that last time They're, they were a separate band a rock group um Jay, Jay was thinking about making a band of his own, um, and like, what would happen if ICP did a side project and just made rock music? Okay. And he was worried. I think he was kind of worried that the Juggalos would think they sold out. 
Yeah. So he decided instead to just write the album, the music, the lyrics, and everything, and just like hire a band to do it. And that's what Zug Island is. And that's actually cool. a really fucking amazing album. Um, like, and you'll hear songs of theirs in like unexpected places. Randy Couture once entered to oh, the Zug river Island. by Zug Island. Yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, th- this this album was a pretty big departure. I want to hear the background of this because I'm really interested. This album was very much a departure from their typical sound. Yeah. Um, I assume, I assume you mean sound-wise, not thematically, or a little bit of both? Everything. Okay, interesting. Every, cool, cool. I, I have a lot of opinions on this, and it's probably not going to be fun. <laughs> I think it's going to be very fun. Um, and this isn't the entire sixth Strokis card. And okay. So I'm going to talk about the family era. They had all those different things, and from, from Jekyll Brothers in 99 to this in 2002, a lot happened. Mm-hmm. A lot happened, um, well, Dark Lotus had started beforehand. Dark Lotus started, I think, in 2001? Uh, with Tales from the Lotus Plot. And then there, there was a lot more after leading up to things. Uh, and then the Psychopathic Riders were happening. They didn't do as much to set the scene. It was more so that one Lotus album that was really essential. Um, and then, like, guest appearances on other bands' um, albums and stuff like that. Um, things like the Shaggy Show, which is them going around on the Wicked Crowns from Outer Space to film each other and making up, like, different side characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything they did on Bizarre Bizarre, they had, like, the closing strong songs from that, um, like, The Pendulum's Promise and uh, tracks like that, you know. Uh, did a lot to kind of bridge this transition, because I know it did probably seem like a sharp transition there. And, and this family era, like, what, like, would a good, like, analogy be, like, with Parliament Funkadelic, where they're basically, like... They were like six different bands, and then there was other offshoot bands, and there was an all-girl band, but they were all just a part of this big touring convoy of funk. Is it kind of the same thing? Yes and no, I guess. Um, That's probably a little bit of a stretch, but like Psychopathic was a big enterprise at this point, and it was all under the hatchet. That's that thing I have on my arm to see sometimes (laughs) when I'm topless around, which is more often than it should be made that point very clear (laughs) (laughs) stop being topless (laughs) i'm sorry man i can't help it um but yeah psychopathic was a fucking empire yeah and it had a lot of like there'd be bands touring like icp's not even on tour and there's their bands out touring in like three different cities right like yeah they were going heavy at the time and um they'd appear like you know anybody who comes out on psychopathic is going to have be an icp guest spot on that album so like they're doing a lot they're pretty busy and then they did the Hatchet Rising tour, okay. and that was everybody on the album, uh, everybody on the label, sorry, out on one tour together. And this was originally announced on the hotline. It was meant to come to like Canada and UK and Australia. And yeah. I fucking lost my mind when I heard about this because I thought this was gonna be the first time I'll ever get to see IPP because you couldn't get across the border. Turns yeah. out they still couldn't get across the border. Customs, so right? That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, customs and Shaggy's a damn felon. Well, probably J two, but I think it's mostly Shaggy. That's my impression. Um, so it didn't make it to Canada, but the tour still happened. They actually played at Red Rocks during that tour. Oh, like, yeah, that's a, pretty, a good venue. Yeah, big thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of a big leading up, celebrating everything that Psychopathic has become. They were pretty thankful in this era, and I think you know this after some of the songs. Yeah. And after that, they did like a, a few more appearances, and then they pretty much disappeared. They went into hiding. Okay. And that was like officially announced on their back label. Like, ICP's gone. They're looking at the six. They're not going to come back till I've got it. Yeah. So they were gone for about six months or so until the gathering, of the, and it was finally announced they're going to return at the gathering of the Juggalos in 2002. 
the third annual gathering of the Juggalos. And this is the one you've talked about in previous episodes where you were, like, begging your parents to let you go on That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 2002 Peoria, Illinois yeah. was going to be the unveiling of the sixth Jokers card. Okay. So, so like, they're debuting the songs on stage is what's happening. They, well, um, see, what happened was they were meant to debut what the album looked like. Okay. In 2001 at the second gathering in Toledo. But okay. the stage got rushed. The stage set was destroyed, and it didn't get revealed. Hmm. So, on, I believe it was the Hatcher Rising Tour, but I might be wrong about that on account of I didn't get to be there. I might be fucking up my history right now. Someone can let us know in the comments. But on a previous tour to that, they'd unveil on tour stops, um, or maybe it was just at a Hello Wicked, but they unveiled like an outline of it, just a shadowy outline okay. of the ring yeah. to tease people. But in Peoria, they were going to reappear for the first time in, I think it was about six to eight months. Um, and they were going to like show the sixth Joker's card. This is the face of it. Let, let you know the name, what it's about. And they did, yeah, end up debuting one song live. Okay. Um, we didn't listen to that song today, but that's beside the point. Um, so this was fucking Juggalo Armageddon. Yeah. Everything had been leading up to this moment. Yeah. The sixth fucking Joker's card. And I was 18 at the time, and there was no damn way I wasn't going to get there. Despite, I mean, Peoria's not, well, Peoria's a far away. Fairways from here, Illinois. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a car. I didn't even have a license. Um, I was in the wrong in the wrong country. Yeah. There, there were some <laughs> yeah. obstacles. There was There's some a obstacles. lot of obstacles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I made it my mission. Yeah, because it, to put into perspective for anyone listening that's in the United States right now, uh, we're we're above um, Colorado, Minnesota right Minnesota. now. We, yeah, we're we're above Minnesota right now, and uh, imagine traveling that far east and then also probably about seven or eight hours down yeah it's, it's, it's a good eight hours south before you even start turning east it's quite a ride yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, you can go at an angle you can do the hypotenuse if you want to save time yeah. but then you're driving through saskatchewan fuck that it, we're we're at a point where if you were to drive to toronto from where we live it would take you like an entire day for sure, like more than an entire day, right? A couple days. From where we live? Yeah. Toronto? Yeah. Oh, like for hours? Three, yeah. Three, three days? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always forget because BC, you have to go through the mountains. So, I, like, it's 17 hours to Vancouver. But yeah. Oh, it's a far... Ontario's big... We're Toronto. pretty fucking far away from everything here. We're, yeah. It's... We're, we're I, I've gone together. Like, I've done... Well, I did this one and I've done Cave and Rock twice. And that's... If I put in, like, 17 hours of driving, I can get there in about four days. Yeah, we're in one of the flyover provinces. <laughs> yeah, for all intents and purposes. If you visited Canada, you probably didn't visit anywhere near us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when they came through, Edmonton was one of those standout towns. What they, they were, like, they were originally going to have the uh, Canadian Juggalo gathering the weekend here, well, and then they had it in Calgary because I think it probably reminds them of Detroit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they felt right at home here. Yeah, we're we're in the deep south of Canada, basically. And we're in like industrial. Yeah. Like, um, like resource-based, like boom and bust kind of economy. Yeah, it's forests next to uh, factories. Oil patch, oil <laughs> yeah. patch, yeah. Um, all right, enough geography. Yeah. So <laughs> I decided, like, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm going to go see that fucking thing. And unbelievably, my parents, saints that they are, just delivered on that. And we're like, you know what? As your graduation present, yeah, we'll drive you there. We'll drop you off. And then we're just going to go away, do our thing. You can have your gathering. I was like sh shacking up with a girl I met online, a uh, girl who ran like one of the Juggalette sites, and they even seemed to be okay with that. 
I would kill to have both a video of what your parents were doing and what you were doing spliced back and forth. I can tell you what they were doing. They were taking my sister on the Huckleberry Finn Missouri River ride. <laughs> That's was... exactly what I imagined. Yeah. <laughs> like so, some quiet breakfasts. Yeah. Where you're my, like, my... Your pancakes good? Yeah, really good. My dad was like doing <laughs> Huck Finn quotes on a river, and my mom was eating pancakes, and my sister was probably complaining because she was a sullen little like twelve year old, and I was like doing backflips off of <laughs> fence posts while covered in bagels. Uh, good times. That's awesome. So I want to get into that gathering right away, but something else happened beforehand, and that happened on the hot. Okay. It was later shared both in the booklet of the race, and I could have showed maybe I should have shown you that in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, while I tell the story, I'll let you flip through. Yeah, because sure. you mentioned that metamorphosis before, and I think you'll notice something quite interesting when you go through this book. Um, this is the book for the race Shanger Law that he's looking for. Look at that picture, first of all, because that's going to yeah you'll notice they look completely different and that's how they showed up to the gathering in 2002 new new paint um color in the paint for the first time ever uh, 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 so does shaggy have dread extensions <laughs> he sure does yeah because i was gonna say you can't grow dreads that quick he grows his hair shockingly fast and he some of them are his but yeah he did put extensions in for that period. yeah okay keep on talking yeah so, so they had a different look when they came back but before they came back, this is like inside the booklet and at the gathering was not the first time they finally told it. It was actually on a hotline out of nowhere that Jay went on the hotline and told the story of the butterfly. Okay. Now, I don't think you actually know the story, right? I, I do not know anything about the butterfly. So here's what the butterfly is. And don't skip to the back of the book and read everything while I'm talking. I'm not spoil going it to. For yourself. I'm not that good of a reader well, slash... When uh, Jay and his brother Jumpstead were... Young kids. I'm going to say Jay was like seven and Jump was like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, they were out playing. And their mom, like, they were lived, were raised in a single mom household. So their mom worked a lot. Like, she'd, like, clean houses and churches and stuff like that. So she's gone a lot. And they just play in the backyard. I've kind of talked about, like, my, my mom was home. But I've talked a lot about, like, just entertaining myself because of my small town upbringing, right? Yeah. Like, and I think you had a lot of that with Kyle. As oh well. yeah, just absolutely. like you go and you fuck off and you find adventures one way or another. Yeah. Uh, I think we both relate to that. So they were just in their backyard at the time, I think, and they were running around playing. And they saw—I don't know if we even have them here. I think I've seen them when I'm traveling. But in the states, they've got like big ass butterflies. Yeah. And they're like trying to catch them. You know, you can never really catch a butterfly unless you're Gandalf. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. I, I'm with you. All, yeah. the, all of a sudden, like, catch. Jump steady, like, jumped off the balcony and, like, caught it in his hand. And it was, like, fluttering around in his hand and, like, yeah. trying to pry his hand open with his big-ass wings. And they were yeah. freaking out. And they went and, like, got a glass jar and poked the holes in it and put the glass in it and all that. And, like, had it. And they are like, okay, well, we're go- it's going to be our guest tonight. And then <laughs> we'll set it free tomorrow because it's, like, the most amazing thing. They, like, this guy was, they looked more like an animal yeah. than it did an insect. Like, it was creature yeah they had and they were just blown away as little kids and they thought this is going to be our guest in our house we're going to have a sleepover with this butterfly and tomorrow we'll let it out so they put a fan on because the room was hot and they went to sleep and like they heard its little wings like you know beating against the jar all night and they fell asleep to that and it was one of their happiest nights ever and the next day they woke up and they instantly just froze because all all that 
Yeah. No more of that. Yeah. Dead silence in the room. Nothing but the fan. Yeah, I, I, I could have made this prediction as somebody who has caught butterflies before. Yeah, we've all learned yeah. this lesson with frogs or butterflies or what have you. Uh -huh. um, the butterfly was dead. So they took it out. They had a funeral for it. They buried it in their backyard. And an important thing in jungle history happened because they turned to each other. Just my eyes are shut. Okay. Um, <laughs> they turned to each other and they said, for the rest of our lives, we're going to remember this butterfly and we're going to like dedicate everything we do to this butterfly <laughs> until we can go up to heaven and apologize to its face. Okay. <laughs> and that's why... That's the butterfly? That's the butterfly story. That's the... It seems, okay, I want to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've, I've, I've got more to say, but... Okay, there's a, there's a theme with this album, and this is the first time that I'll mention it, is the, the something that seems like it's going to be the most profound thing in the world turns out to be something that is very, just like, oh, there's a butterfly. <laughs> like, huh, I think that's a very profound story. You don't think so? That, that's a kind of profound story. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a better story than it is, like, a, a mystery. Okay, because it, it was actually a butterfly, but, like, why were they doing it? And it's the innocence and the childlike yeah. wonder of this band that's really easy to miss yeah. behind all of the violence and the, like, rough lyrics and the vulgarity and all of that. Is, yeah. And I think that's, like, really early on something that you can begin to find in it. And maybe this is, like, going to be where we begin to see the difference of, like, what strikes somebody as a juggalo and what doesn't. Because like I've I've always heard that with them, and when I heard that story, I'm like, yeah, that that's exactly fitting. I, I should have known that's what it was, something like that. Because it's it's about sweetness, it's about innocence, and it's about trying to capture that again. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and that is like, like I get it, and that is like something that's been shown in other uh, other instances on previous albums, like that that there's that childhood innocence kind of thing that they like to maintain. But my whole thing is, it's when you hype something up. Yeah. You gotta deliver, and that—that that is a story that, like, it's one of those things where if you said dedicated to the butterfly once, I'd be like, oh, maybe it's something like that, and that's kind of a neat. But when you keep on going, but it's a mystery, it's a mystery, it's a mystery, and then the mystery is just like the most, like, not obvious it's a butterfly, but like the simplest possible fucking thing. That is not some like big grand something from their childhood. Yeah, it wasn't something they made up. It wasn't some bullshit. It wasn't some yeah. weird conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I think a weird, some weird conspiracy, like, oh, the butterfly is, like, it's the turtle that the earth is flying on is actually on a butterfly, yeah. you know? Like, that would have been bullshit. That, that would have been such a douce-ex <laughs> Um Like, th this is something wholesome. This is something real to them. Th this is, okay, th this album is going to be a definite point in, like, I'm sure Juggalos, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who said this. I'm sure Juggalos have, have weird opinions on this album. It, it, it's Correct? a polarizing album, yeah. This album, I am probably in that camp. Yeah. Because because the biggest takeaway that I I like I'm gonna uh, parse it out as we go, but the, the butterfly thing, <laughs> well, like it's the whole idea. Is what I like about this, like of what I like about the Juggalo stuff, is it is some big grand production. Yeah. And it's these crazy ideas, and like your imagination goes wild, and when you lead people to believe that there's some big imaginative thing behind the butterfly and then you strip it back and it kind of takes away like the allure of of the imaginary from their band okay that i can see yes absolutely. like i would prefer if it was something 
crazy as fuck because that's like what's like it's 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 you're making it's I, I put it at the end but I'll mention it now it's it's like at the if at the end of Star Wars it ended by going hey guys and they turned to the camera and went it was all just the hero's journey you know the hero's journey that classic tale and and, and, and like you're like yeah we all knew but like just finish the movie and pretend like it's Star Wars <laughs> a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you want it to end as the characters. You don't want it to end as real people, right? Okay. Well, like, that's more my thing. Is like, I was still buying into this as, like, this is, like, the characters wrapping it up, not suddenly just going, like, hi, I'm, I'm, I can't remember their actual names. No, and actually, like, the Chain of the Butterfly yeah. in the liner notes here, you might not have noticed, is signed as Joe Bruce yeah. and not as Violent Chain. Yeah, uh, that, that's weird. Huh. I, I think it's necessary in this situation. I do not. I do not. I like it more when it is a, a, a story. Like, like it's it's that when you finish Mario 2, do you remember beating Mario 2? And it's you, just a dream? Yeah, and Mario fucking wakes up and you're like, I beat that frog for this. He's a toad. <laughs> Shows what you know about anything. <laughs> but, but His just, name was actually Toad. <laughs> but, it's a, but there was already a character named Toad. Yeah, it was complicated. <laughs> Or no, yeah. was it Wart? He was Wart. Yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah. Doesn't give his toe no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you. Frogs uh, don't have words. Not a healthy one. No, I was an owner of a frog, and uh, there's a lot of myths about frogs that go around. <laughs> um. Well, we'll get back to that hero's journey because I like that example, but I see it as something they had to step outside of. Um. And you know what? It might be that you end up liking the next, the other exhibit better, because possibly. And uh, and, and I can explain this is um like. Well, first, I, there's one other quote from the gathering that I want to share. And that's, like, when we got there and, like, what they do is they have what's called a seminar, the ICP seminar, where they come up and they just explain things. And, yeah. like, it's, like, the future, the past. They're, they're talking about the state of psychopathic or state of ICP. Yeah. What's coming next for the juggalos. And this was, like, the granddaddy of them all. There's DVDs of this seminar. You can hear me on. Is and it, like, a state of the union for juggalos? It's absolutely a state <laughs> of the union for juggalos. That's I awesome. think Jay's made that exact analogy before. That's funny. At State of the Juggalo World. Um, so this one was basically them walking through their entire career and yeah. doing a retrospective and saying, this is where we are now. And as they went through, like, Twisted would, like, turn around these big cards that were the Joker's cards, like, walking through their career. Yeah. And then finally they got to this last one, the Wraith. And they took out the two of them. And the final Joker's card is the Wraith. Yeah. And the Wraith is dead. Yeah. And that's the end. There's another denouement for you if you want. That's... The end of time, the end of it will consume us all. It's death. It's yeah. as simple as that, right? Yeah. That's how things end. You die. You fucking die. Yeah. And that, that's what it's been all along. It, like, every every <laughs> card has kind of been, like, it starts with, how have I explained the cards? Like, when you die, you see this. When you die, you yeah. turn this crank. When you die, this. The, ju- the Jekyll brothers juggle for you. But I think that that's what, what irritated me about this. Is it's, is it's, it's too on the nose. It's one of those things where, like, if you were to go, like, oh, there's this, like, there's this system and it all ends with something. And you're like, well, it can't just be death, right? And then it happens, you're like, oh, it is just death. <laughs> like, like, is it something else? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's, like, something more that you could have done with it. Like, well, they could have added another layer of story, but that's yeah. what they've been doing all along. And they've been doing plenty of that since then as well, which people yeah. are somewhat bothered by. But I think at some point, you turn to the audience and you take a bow as who you are because of what you've done. Yeah, but you take a bow after the album <laughs> <laughs> you, know, know. you know, that's my thing. It's, it's like you take a bow when your art's complete. You don't take, you don't use the whole third act to just 
bow and take, <laughs> take questions. All right. Yeah. We'll move on from that for just now. Okay. So okay. They're, they're looking at it. One of the things he was saying for, um, during that State of the Juggalos address yeah. was like, when we started this, we, we made the prediction that a dark carnival would cover the land. Yeah. And like, he took some moment and the audience kind of like begins to rumble and then it goes up to this kind of cacophonous roar. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I don't know how many people were there, like seven to 10,000 people in that little building. Yeah. And he's like, did we deliver on the fucking carnival or what? Yeah. And all these, like, you look around, there's these painted weirdos and people with, like, the dreads and all the, like, face paint and, like, fucking face piercings and people standing on their heads and people with six arms and shit. You're like, yeah, they delivered on the fucking carnival. Yeah, it's that's a self, for sure. self, uh, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Mm hmm. Sure. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, so then they went on and explained the, the end, the death, that's it, all that. But then they said, like, the race is death, and there are two exhibits okay. to the race. So that's Shangri-La and Hell's Pit. Right, okay. And Shangri-La is the exhibit for the Juggalos. Okay. And Hell's Pit is for everyone else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, for instance, like, the word Juggalo yeah. is not even mentioned once. On Hell's Pit. Oh, weird. Because he doesn't want to see any juggalos in Hell's Pit. Strange. <laughs> Hell's Pit, or the Shangri-La, was kind of explaining and assuring the story mm -hmm. the audience that it was for. Yeah. Whereas Hell's Pit, it also, I mean, you might like it. Maybe I, fuck, i got to rethink my, the tracks I, I picked to play. Cause <laughs> maybe I should play, pick the final one. I skipped the final one because it's like 13 minutes. Yeah. But there's no delivery to it. It's just like... a Mark loves it. It's like a dance beat of like random shit and songs that don't have the biggest impact. Yeah. It's, it's like very non-impactful in a way. Like it's catchy as hell. Yeah. But there's no message to it. There's no big heavy announcement to it or anything like that. Yeah. So, and maybe this is what we're learning here. This is why you were never a juggalo. Like you get some of it, but wow, it really didn't resonate with I you. I actually least. wrote that down at the end. I was like, this is why I'm not a juggalo. Huh. Wow. Well, Hell's Pit is coming up, and maybe that's for you. Is I, I, I get it, and there was points where I was like, oh, yeah, this is hooking me in, this is hooking me in, there's little bits that get, but this was the one where I was like, yeah, this didn't resonate with Interesting. at all. And it didn't resonate with everybody, and yeah. there's people who are juggalos for sure that it, they just didn't catch it. Yeah. I loved it. I might have found it at the right time in my life, yeah. and some people, I think, heard it and didn't like it then and like it now, depending on where you're at in life. Yeah, right, and I'm sure if you give it, like, like more of a chance, like, obviously, like, I'm listening to this for the first time with like four songs yeah you mean like let's let's be honest i have no place to say anything but just from the sample like a different vibe didn't dig it as much it's a very different vibe that's for yeah. sure and like it was like boiling down like we've always talked about this dichotomy in icp songs yeah right where they, they present this incredibly dark vibe, but they can talk about very good things. And yeah. They can even do, through, through really violent lyrics, they can talk about not being violent and treating people with love and respect. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Well, and that, that's what I like. I like the, the, like the art of that. Like, mm -hmm. that's, hard to, that's hard to do, and it's um, uh, clever. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. kind of stripped that away in this one, which yeah. to you was a loss. But to me, it wasn't clever anymore. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and because the whole thing is like, it is when they're doing these crazy things it makes it makes you think about the the important things that they're saying a little bit more mm -hmm. but when you're just saying important things i mean like I turn on christian radio for that <laughs> <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um to me it was a celebration and it was like a yeah. celebration of 
Jugglos and everything that had become like they recorded this album. They were in a really different place. They like got more like like Jake got his fitness in control. It felt um, sentimental. It was. Yeah. It's very sentimental, and it was sentimental at the time, and like even more so to me now. But yeah. like they recorded this like all over the USA. They were touring with their best friends and their label mates, and they were just having the time of their lives making this album. Yeah. And Jugglos were at a really amazing place like during the family era with Hatchet Rise being just done and. Yeah, it was honestly a celebration of a moment in time. And it might be one of those things you had to be there for, or at least uh, gone from the ride. So, you know, for, for people hearing this, um, I'm really interested, well, for people who were like me, who were there for it when it came out, um, like share your stories online. I want to hear what that meant to you, or if, if you relate more to Scott, if you think that the magic just wasn't there anymore because um, some, some of the pageantry was gone from it. And also if there's some of the newer jugglers hearing this, you know, maybe you got on, in the era of the second deck and you've gone back now and listened to the first deck what did you think of the sixth jokers card at that time um and which of those points of view or entirely new points of view i'd like to hear about and uh, maybe we can cover some of those on the last episode yeah which we have not recorded yet no so i'm, I'm eager to hear those yeah. opinions i can take note of them and we'll share some of those on our last episode yeah i i uh ask everyone though to be incredibly nice do not come at me so hard because i'm going to have some bad things to say and i i might not agree with everybody but remember my opinion on juggle stuff does not matter <laughs> it, it is, doesn't it doesn't man i don't think anybody's gonna give a fuck that's, yeah yeah that's just, kind of what jugglers do just i might say some shit without really thinking about what people are gonna yeah. say yeah but it sounds like we're gonna disagree a lot this episode yes. and <laughs> that, that is just fine um i mean you know, jugglers, I don't think get riled up easily. I, I think that's what we're kind of about. Like, yeah, fuck right. off, we don't care. We love our thing. Yeah, exactly. And other people don't have to. And that, that's a beautiful thing we can learn together. And now we know why you're not a juggalo and you're not as cool as I thought. I don't like you. Yeah, well, you, you've enjoyed a lot of it. This yeah. one didn't resonate with you. Maybe the other one will. What it means that you hate heaven and love hell, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're more of a Manson fan. Yeah, but, um, I, that's true. <laughs> I do love Hell more than Heaven. All right. Well, interesting. <laughs> you, you might really like the next album then. Yeah. Uh, that one might be just your bread and butter. Um, so there are a couple of themes. We've covered the, the idea of the end will consume us all. Yeah. Being death. And we've the dichotomy there. So we're yet to see the other, other exhibit. We've looked at the Shangri-La exhibit, at least in very brief part. Yeah. And we're yet to, next episode, we'll look at Hell's Pit. Okay. which they advertised as, like, the wickedest, most evil album they'd ever do. Uh, whether, awesome. it, whether or not that's the case, we can discuss in that episode. Yeah. But we will get back to that. That one falls short as well, I'd imagine. It's pretty dark, and I'll, I'll choose songs that, that'll be fitting for that. Okay, okay. Um, I think they've done darker. Yeah. Maybe before and certainly since. But I think it hits Mark in a lot of ways. There's cool. some things I'd change about that album. There's not a lot I would change about Shangri-La. But I could see it resonating more so with you. Um, okay. There was one in the very first episode. There was a line that I asked you to keep in mind. Do you remember what that was? Uh, in the last episode? In the very first episode. The very first episode. Fuck if I know. Yeah, call back now. It was from the song Life at Risk. Yeah. Right in the end when Jay says, I think I liked it better when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Right. That I picked that line out specifically to help build some context during this album because I think that's a really prescient theme. Yeah. on this album and from the butterfly thing where it's all been a memory from their childhood like Jay's talked a lot throughout the years about like wanting to die as clean as he lived yeah. and how like he used to be like annoyed by people who would get offended by the music and then he, he lost a lot of that like now like he sees old ladies who don't want to hear people saying fuck 
And he, he stopped looking at them as like prudes or judgmental and yeah. started being like, man, they've just heard it all already and they're bored with it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're not offended, they're just tired of it. Yeah. And he's like, I kind of get that more than I used to. And I hope someday, like, I'm kind of like that too. And I hope our music kind of annoys us someday because I want to be more like I was when I was a kid. I was clean then and I was excited by butterflies and now like I'm bored of everything and I'm just like filthy because of the world and it takes like ludicrous heinous stuff to entertain me yeah and I don't always want to be that way and I hope like when I die like I'm an old man who is more like that kid who's just like staring out the window at a butterfly or something like that and I, that resonates a lot with me I, I share those feelings as well so the butterfly story reminded me of that line and we'll get to it later so I'll leave that for now but uh, the song Crossing the Bridge yeah. Reminded me a lot of that as well. But for now, the first song, do you want, is there anything you want to throw out there before we get into the actual songs? No, I'm, I'm good to go into the songs. So we started with the intro, uh, which is Walk Into the Light, which contains both the intro and essentially the first song. It's all one together, yeah. whereas usually they're different ones. Um, I'll, I'll share my personal experience of, because I remember um, this album released on November 5th of 2002. Okay. Bye. I met Mark then. Yeah. I've met, we've mentioned him a couple times throughout this, actually. That's how we know each other, is through Mark. Yeah, originally. Now, I think we're yeah. pretty solid friends beyond that. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think. Yeah, well, um, it's been quite a while. Yeah, that was like, well, yeah, probably around 2003 we met her, so yeah. in that area, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've been with my wife for almost 15 years now, and we've known each other uh, longer than that. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's, it's been a long yeah, it's been a bit <laughs> yeah. long enough to get married. Obviously, I'm not that cute, but yeah. whatever. Um, right. So, Mark, as you know, obsessed with YouTube. Yeah. Um, the day that the race was releasing on November 5th, um, YouTube were also releasing yeah. a, a best of album. Yeah. And because of that, HMV, which is like the Canadian music store, yeah, did a midnight opening. Yeah, so, and I think we touched on this in a previous episode. Did we? Well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. So, yeah, I got to go to that midnight opening, get the race on midnight on November 4th. It wasn't opening for ICP. Like, yeah. In Detroit, there's probably, like, record store releases at midnight. And they but, always did those midnight releases whenever there was, like, a big release date because there would be, like, once a month, there would be, like, huge Yeah, but my point is, for ICP alone, they probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But you two happened to fall on the same day. Fuck yeah. They also released, um, I, I, I think I'm right about this, I think they released All the You Can't Leave Behind on the same day that Bizarre Bizarre released. Oh, crazy. So yeah, <laughs> weird connections there. But, I got to go, I got to like take it home, sit in my room, I had already pre-arranged with my roommate to not be there, like, man, like, give me an hour. Yeah. And so I got to sit there, like, listen to it with my headphones and just take it in. And from then, like, man, I can't tell you how, how weird it is, like, as you describe some of this, like, it's almost weird to think, but how, like, that first song, like, Walk Into The Light, yes. it's, like, so soft and so gentle, and, yes. like, I it right away, and it felt like, yes, like, it, it felt assuring in a way, like, yeah, man, yes. I was right about that, like, everybody said they're just, like, crazy, and they're, like, I'm an asshole for listening to them, because they're just, like, hateful and yeah. all about violence, like, no, fuck you, like, I nailed it, I was right all along, like, I heard the truth behind it. Yeah, I, I actually wrote down for this, is this is, uh, uh, it, this album, more than anything else, is for Juggalos, like hardcore Yeah, Juggalos. oh, for sure. Like if you're that was first, Jay's quote, this one is for the Juggalos, this is for the rest. Yeah, yeah if, if you're coming into this as a first-time listener, I don't think this is the album for you. Oh, no, yeah. no. 
And, and, that, and that was pretty apparent. Like, That's right why it's not that. the first Joker's card. Yeah. It's the last Joker's card. Well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> People pick up albums randomly. Oh, it could have happened. Yeah. Hey, if there's any jugglers out there whose first album was the Wraith Shangri-La and you're still a juggalo, let us know. Scott's going to buy you a bagel. <laughs> no. Just the first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just the first one. You'll mail him a bagel. I'll give you a bagel. You can mail it to him. It'll be frozen because it'll shoot from camp. <laughs> <laughs> we should have bagel popsicles up here. I've never had it like this. So the Joker, the... the the Joker's cards are guides, I wrote down. Is that, like, kind of, like, like in the theme to this, they said, they, they, they kind of made it clear. The that echo like, of our lives. Yeah, 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 and it's basically, like, um, this whole time we've been kind of giving you, like, the pathway or whatever to what, and at this point in this, the album, I have no idea what the pathway is to, but they were right. like, this is the pathway, this is the whatever. And we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that in Vi Unveiling, but... Yeah. I expect that's another place we'll disagree in an unexpected way. Possibly. Yeah, because I'm thinking that you got like a really hard like Catholic or Christian kind of vibe from it, and I think they're being a lot more liberal with the term God than you might be thinking. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but yeah, I, I also just <laughs> it's one of those ones where where, where it's it's another it's another. I wish it was a little bit more complicated. Excellent. All right. I look forward to that. Yeah. But they're just like, it's what they've been saying all along. This time, like, it's always been that mixed message. This time, they pull it apart into two. Yeah. Here's all the wicked shit on one album, and here's all, like, the pure and happy, celebratory, yeah. self-loving stuff on another album. And I can tell you, like, I can't even guess the number of days where I just fall asleep listening to this album and feeling good through some pretty dark times. Like, I mean, I mean everybody has those periods, and maybe, like, it's yeah. not the same era of your life for everyone, but, like, for the first time, like, moving out, being alone, and, like, not being with your original friend group, making new friend groups, and, like, yeah. you know, lost love during that time, you know, everybody fucking Yeah, and everyone day. gets crushed a little bit more at that time. Yeah, yeah, everyone goes through that hardship. I'm not trying to be, like, super, like, whiny or complaining. I've, I've had a pretty good life all along, but, you know, there, I, I fell asleep listening to that thing, and, like, thank God I've got this album a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, okay, let's strip back what you said for a little bit, because this is, this is the feel-good juggle album and what i will say is is legitimately if you're saying you are or anyone else out there is saying oh yeah like i don't want to be like whiny about having problems or whatever no be that way like everyone feels sure like yeah, shit. yeah yeah there are points in my life where i felt like complete garbage i'm not gonna say like it was i was overreacting yeah know? and actually thinking back like you said that like when we talked it was when we were talking about how many times during the great Malenko album said everyone's been at points where they can relate to this yeah and yes absolutely and sometimes you have to have that something yeah. but i think sometimes you have to have something that lifts you up as well rather than allow you to revel in your misery i agree i i i'm i'm with you <laughs> so that was icp's yeah. almost soul well they've, they've done one other album like this i guess in a way yeah um one of their very rare times to just go along with that and say like hey Oh yeah, like I'm with you, with you, and especially nowadays, every once in a while, I'll be like listening to things or consuming news, and I'm like, I need to just like laugh at something stupid for mm -hmm. a while, because I, I can't deal with this for that long. And wh while it is definitely like, 
it owns it right from the get-go. You can tell it's a very different album. It's a very like positive and happy album. Yeah. But it's still got a lot of the goofy humor. Like there's still a yeah. lot of good laughs throughout that. And I don't, I don't know necessarily if we got all the right songs for that. Yeah. But it, it's definitely in there. Um, the line from this song, um, "Carnivals of Fago," I think like <laughs> man, like you've been to an ICP concert, yeah, you can't the hear best. the phrase yeah. "Carnivals of Fago" <laughs> and just feel the chill of Fago splashing across your body. Yeah. And that's something, you know. Um. Yeah, I think it's a very honest opening. Um, like a lot of them, it does a good job of setting the tone for the album. Mm-hmm. So I think that was definitely a very successful point. Yeah, absolutely. The next track is Juggalo Homies. Yeah. Um, this song I don't have as much to say about. I, I want to hear how familiar with it you were beforehand, because it was a pretty big song. It was kind of the um, ultimate family song for Juggalos at the time. It had a, it had a um, music video, I think might have even been on MTV briefly. Um, so I had the video, and it's just really, like, Juggalo, you need to be happy and celebrating. And I remember my roommate just getting absolutely sick of this song and crossing my bridge, which were two of the early singles from this album. And I just played them nonstop. But it's just a celebration of everything the Juggalo world has become by that point. Yes. And of the family, like, beyond ICP, beyond the Misfits, which we'll get into in the next song. Yeah. And into, like, the Glitzes and the ABKs and the Blazes and all the Juggalos who names you don't know and people you see in the mall and you the fucking daft who just played Juggalo. That was this song. I, I, I think I may have heard this song once, but like, uh, like it did sound a little familiar, but there's also like this period, like probably from about, like this year, probably about 2002 to like 2008, I think I was completely detached from everything. Like I didn't have... Sounds like you needed to go. Like I, I, I didn't watch TV, I didn't consume anything really, and I just went to parties and hung out. Right. And, and, and or uh, watched Faces of Death with with a guy that strung out on meth. Right. I remember that era. So, so, so like, this is big. Like I was saying to somebody uh, just today that um, uh, I saw the movie Zodiac, um, like, probably about five years ago for the first time. And, and he was shocked. He was like, what? How did you see Zodiac then? Like, it's directed by David Fincher. It's it's about the Zodiac killer. And I was like, oh, it's because I was just detached from society when that came out, and I had no idea it was a movie. And then I saw it on DVD by accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was just a period in my life where I like literally consumed nothing that right. everybody else was consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's most of my life except for ICP. Yeah, <laughs> I never have any idea what half the people you referenced on the show. You're like, oh, this song's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, my early 20s was basically just, I fucking, in the, in, in weird culture. Yeah. No, I, I relate to that. Like, yeah. this, this Astro, you said last time, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Chris Isaac. Yeah, that guy. Or Ad Astor, who knows. Um, no, so I wrote down with this one, and it, it was uh, true for every song on this. Is they, this is for homies? Yeah, yeah, they have real drums on this song. Okay. And they have real drums in every song on this album, and that's pretty fucking cool. They're not using a line six? <laughs> no, no, they actually have, like, a real band, too. Like, there's real, like... Sorry, Island. Yeah, like, the, the whole band... Uh, the drums are most noticeable, because usually they'll have, like, uh, like distorted guitar over, like, a sampler or, like like a loop or something like that but these are real drums that's a real drummer it's recorded well and I was kind of like oh weird that's different yeah that's probably the Zug Island influence yeah. I, I told you the Zug Island fit last time yeah so they, they were playing a lot with them at the different studios um, they were kind of on the road with like everybody they love like the Psychopathic Esham rejoined Psychopathic around this time and he was going around with them he was on this yeah I forgot to mention I think in the intro I usually say the guest stars this one Psychopathic only 
And uh, another thing I noticed was it was like the recording was really slick, and it was like if you didn't tell me that this came out in two thousand two, I'd be like, oh, this came out in two thousand two. <laughs> like, okay, how come? There's just there was something that rap did after nine eleven that was really weird. Like it hit this phase of like, do you remember like Everlast was a big thing? I, I know that that's a thing. It, like, it was like rap got real like. Uh, like, not, it, like, it was, like, less of the, I have a million cars, and I'm rich, and shit like that. It was, like, a lot of, like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm really from, kind of thing. And there was, like, the vibe of the music changed and everything. There was more, like, acoustic guitars on it and stuff. And, like, okay. th- th- there was, like, a definite vibe happening at that time that was really different, you know? like. And this album, like, is the epitome of that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I can't speak to any of that context, but yeah, it's like, I don't think it's really connected to 9-11, but it's where they are at, and it's a very specific time for them, and it's a very transformative time. Well, I wouldn't even say, like, necessarily, necessarily connected to 9-11 for them, but the trend of how these, how rap music was produced and all that stuff trended that way afterwards, and I don't know if it related afterwards, it just be people wanting different things out of right, rap. Right, it's just a time frame. Uh, well, one other thing that I didn't point out, actually, is a uh, new producer on this one. Oh. I would, I, uh, honestly, also say the other reason why I said it's very 2002 is because this was the time period. Like, it, it started in the late 90s with, like, rock music, but it transitioned to rap afterwards as well. There was this era where, like, produ- like producers, music producers, got, like, way too detailed. Like, and by way too detailed, I mean, like, there was no error. Like, there was things where, like, you know how people will be, like, rapping or talking or whatever or singing? in between where they go like yeah they would edit those out one by one and it's underfriend ICPs need to be very close to that I think yeah. I might have mentioned this before but on the spectrum from like um, West Side Connection to the Beach Boys yeah of like r- rugged sounding to like clean and polished sounding yeah they're way more over on that Beach Boys side like they yeah. always wanted to have a lot of polish and shine to their music despite the weird content that they covered this album is probably the epitome of that yeah, but that's they, generally their trend. There was a real, real contained like uh, it, it was a trend in producing at the time, and it was just like a thing where producers suddenly started to have like uh, this program called Pro Tools, which was like you could do whatever the fuck you wanted with songs, and because the options were there, people used every option available, and yeah. then found out it made it sound like robots made music, and decided to stop doing that. Start to back and make it yeah, more but human. it took like a good five or six years before people figured that out. Huh, yeah. The next song is We Belong. Yeah. Um, this one, to me, I, I'm going to compare it a little bit to Three Rings in the sense that it's kind of casting that broad net out there and bringing into the carnival. Yeah. Um, if I can, if you remember, again, from the very first episode when we listened to the sampler. Yeah. Uh, Simple and Blunt. Yeah. Um, there, like was the, there was a line, <laughs> this might be your calling to our carnival grounds, talking yeah. about this album. And I think this song kind of does a good job of capturing it, saying like, hey, this is... T- everybody like it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what your walk of life is you yeah. might be a juggalo you might not be but give it a chance we belong here like come see if you're one of us that's um it, it's just kind of an assurance that there's a place for everyone in the carnival grounds is my thoughts how did this song sit with you 
Um, well, first off, I gotta say that uh, synth bass line at the beginning yeah. was awesome, and you could tell that, that the producer was different on this song specifically because it sounded like he really was into Dr. Dre. Oh, okay. And, like, this this could, if you took away, like, if you made this just a beat, this could have been an Eminem song. And I know that's a controversial thing to say, but the producer on this really loved Dr. Dre. <laughs> like it's it's clear that synth bassline is a Dr. Dre style uh, thing. Um, I liked it. It uh, they're they rapping like a little bit more traditional in this, like like less in character. You know what I mean? Like there was less like clown rap. Oh, you know what I mean? over the whole album, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this was the one that stood out. Like, well, I guess it was the second one I listened to, so it was like the first time I was like, oh, weird, they're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I liked the the theming and like it was, I don't know, it was kind of fun. But it, like it was one of those like this was my entire vibe with the album. It's like they make the statement of the song, and I was just like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But like there wasn't a lot to dig into. Like I couldn't dig into this as much. Okay. Like, like it was real straightforward. Like they told you what the song was about and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm understanding your overall point of less art. Um, yeah. It definitely is more of like, I don't know, stripped back is the right, zoomed out maybe. Like yeah. it's, it's more them rapping as the people they are than as characters. It felt there's, more there's like an explanation. Yeah. Oh, it's an account of sorts. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a testimony of who they are and what they've been and what's been created. Yeah, like it feels like more of a like let's explain things away and like whatever rather well, than. Well, I'm explaining like, away. I think it's getting to the root of what it always was. But I mean, like rather than coming up with like clever little lines and like having like weird things happening where they like you know make references to something or do whatever, it is like straightforward. Like, like they're just telling you exactly what they think, <laughs> like in plain English. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was the promise all along. Yeah. Like maybe you don't like the promise, but they were delivering on exactly what they said. Like. There's not going to be any reverse talking, no more yeah. hidden messages. Yeah. Like, we're going to be straight to the point. It's just kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. very different. It's one of the yeah. most unusual albums they've ever recorded. Yeah. But they, they delivered exactly what they said they would. And it's it's an album that, like, I don't crave as often. Yeah. And, but when I do, like, I crave the fuck out of it. And it really hits a spot every time. It's, like, a really important tool in the album repertoire. Yeah. That I love having and the time it came out i don't know if it was at, like the right time for everyone the way it was for me that's another interesting thing to hear i wonder where all the listeners were when this was coming out i've heard well and we'll talk about that a little later um at the ending song mm-hmm. but like i've heard a lot of people saying like this album saved my life you know this got me off drugs and stuff like yeah. that so for a lot of people it did that and they needed that and i think like i i prefer when they're artful when, when they like you know they, they had a resurgence of the carnival with an yeah. album called bang pow boom where they went much more back to the old st- style sounds. And yeah. I really like that. I think that's one of like almost a renaissance album for them, and we'll get into that in later seasons. Yeah. Um, and when they're doing the clown persona, it is better in a lot of ways. Yeah. But this album, to my mind, had to happen, and they delivered the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like, it, I don't disagree yeah, with you as much as you think you think I do. Yeah, yeah no, I, 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 like, I know you can see my points, but it's yeah. the thing where it's like, it, it's also like, I mean, I have albums where, like, 
not as good as I think it is. <laughs> you know, where it's stuff like, but it's like it hit me at the right time. It feels a certain way to me. I'll listen to it at times. And it also means more because I care more about the band or the history of the band. And there's often times where I go, hey, everybody, listen to this album. People are like, that's all right. I'm like, no, it's the best album ever. And it's... Yes, that yeah. happens to everybody. Um, I, I will like object this... to the statement where it's... Where you said, like, I have those ones where I really like them, but it's not as good as I think it is. Yeah. Good is fucking subjective. That doesn't mean anything. That's a yeah, but, silly thing to say. But, but, but it, you're it's not as amazing. good as it you feel like it is, right? And it's that good to each individual person. To you, it's not very good. To me, it's very good. That doesn't mean that there's some truth in one person's wrong. But, but no, but more what I, I'm, I'm saying is, like, I think that there is, like, an, like there, there's a preparation that needs to be done before going into certain albums. Yes, yes. And so, 100% agree with that. If you hear them cold with no background, like this album, like, if I didn't have, like, if I listened to them for, like, three years straight or two years straight and was pretty into it and went through their back catalog and got really into it. I'm sure this album would have felt a little bit different. Yeah. But just going in cold, like, it's, I feel like whenever I'm coming into these albums, I'm looking at it in the same way that, like, a person who would do, like, a like a album review would do, where it's, like, it's the fans never love the reviews. The fans always get pissed off by the reviews. Right. No matter what band you're into. You're always going to get pissed off. Like, Mark was like, oh, Vertigo is a great U2 album. <laughs> That's a shitty U2 album. Like, I hate to tell him, but, like, it is a bad album. But, like, okay. it, hit, it hit him at a good time, and he, like, was excited for it. I wasn't excited for it when it came out. I was just mm. like, yeah, it's another fucking U2 album. But that's the thing, right? Like, it's, it's, But that's it's, not your bag. That doesn't mean it's a bad album. No, but no I do like... objective truth to But I do like U2. <laughs> like, I'm not... Like, I'm just not into it like Marcus. Well, very few are. Yeah, I yeah. I don't even think Bono is. Yeah. <laughs> you could take it or leave it. Yeah, no, it's, it's just that thing where, like... Uh, like, I have albums like this, too, where I feel like if I was to explain away some of my favorite bands to you, I feel like I'd have to bring you through a progression of things in order to make you care about the end product. Well, I hate to say this, but that was my ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this whole goddamn podcast. So basically I, you're saying I've been a terrible tour guy. No, I, I'm just a bad person to do this to you because I'm really, uh, like, I am notoriously I do this to things that I like too. Where if, if the thing that I like hits me like this, I still just think it sucks. No, all, all good, all good. I'm, I'm really curious. I'm, I'm, now I'm really anxious and curious to see how you react to Hell's Pit to see if that one resonates more yeah. with you. Because it is stripped away in a way, but it's the other side of the coin where it's just them doing evil raps and entirely in character <laughs> with no underlying decency to it. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that might resonate a lot more with you. It's just cartoonish violence for violence's sake. Yeah. And they're, they're not trying, like it's, almost rare that they're like killing rednecks it's just murdering people yeah especially when it comes to music i find like i have a like a th- with a lot of things i have this but with with music especially because i really care 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 about music is um when it starts to suck i just give up mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if i'm into a band and they have a bad album i'll stop buying their albums mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean yeah, kind of. <laughs> i mean i guess no i guess absolutely I, not many people I, do I, I that follow, i follow very few artists Really? But not many people do that. Like, I, I find that most people who I get into a band... Album. <laughs> no, but I mean, most people who get into a band and, like, really like the band will follow that band far past the point where they should. You know what I mean? 
like, mm-hmm. like it's that deal where like I, I think I learned this at a young age with like The Simpsons changed my life. I uh, like a lot of people. I watch The Simpsons religiously. I'm obsessed. I have a Simpsons tattoo. I'm a maniac about it. A free Simpsons tattoo. But I have watched less seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, I have watched less than a third of the seasons of The Simpsons. Yeah. Because when it started to suck, I just stopped. Right. <laughs> and I don't care to go back because it's not the same and I cared about it when it was cool. I get it. So let's not get hung up yeah, on that yeah. point because yeah. <laughs> I, I would maintain that it didn't work for you. I don't think that means it necessarily sucked. <laughs> it sure as hell worked for me then. When I revisit this album, yeah. it still works for me. I think it works for a lot. Um, I've never seen the – well, actually, most polls I've seen, this is pretty highly loved amongst the Juggalos. Maybe we'll put up a poll when this one comes out and see what people think about it. Oh, man. Um, it's going to get destroyed. I don't think anybody's going to give a fuck. No? Um, okay, good. But no, I, I, I know. Like, at the time, there was a lot of people who were like, oh, they're fucking Christian now. Like, that's yeah. not what I got into. I got into the wicked shit. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people still feel that way. Maybe a lot of people don't like this album. I'm curious to think, like, were they too far away from the art? Was it too positive? Did you like Hell's Pitmore? We'll cover it, that one on the next episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, I hear your points and I respect them. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. I do think they're... they're what they do best is definitely the clowny, yeah. more complex, dualistic approach. Mm-hmm. But without this album, it would have been like, well, um, no, that's too far removed. Like we were talking about, like Zines is episode, 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 episode. Yeah. Without any kind of thing to bring it all together, yeah. like it would have been too episodic. And I feel like this was an event that had to happen to yeah. bring everything together. And it stands. And well with with you. I'll always look at this as a six Jokers card. But we can't forget Hell's Pit as the other half of it. And I'm with you. It's a, it's a bold thing to do as well. And you got to give them props for, for doing it this way because that's fucking ballsy. They were very honest yeah. about it. They were balls to the ball with it. Let's talk about Crossing the Bridge. All right. Um, I, I, I did it in the wrong order because I really should have opened with the um, that little intro that I played with you at the end, the ditty. That, it, like yeah. from the, I'm going to say 70s, but it might be way older than that. It's the Fago tune yeah. from commercials. It's yeah. like school children. Singing about Fago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid? Well, part of the still is, and that's why we made Fago. And so, so that goes to that. Remember when you were a kid? The butterfly. Right. I think I liked it better when I was a kid. I think that song was like well chosen, not yes. only because Fago is all throughout their career, but it like it's like it's like being a kid in a party who is out of control and just spraying pop around. Like it's silly and it's innocent, and there's a sweetness to it. Like they're rapping about murder, but they're not spraying fake blood. You know, they're not guar. They're not throwing shit like flip flop. Britney with Fago and being happy. Well, it's also like Fago has like flavors, like cotton candy and shit like that. Yeah. Like Fago is not like. I like, have shit like that, but I mean. But but it, but it's like. But it's like they probably have that flavor. But it's pop for like, it's like pop for people whose favorite pop is grape. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like well, it's like really sugary crazy. They had shit. a turkey dinner one, I think it was. Yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> it's an experiment in soda. Yeah, it's like Jones Soda, but like, uh, cheap. Not, not bougie, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jones Soda series is just a bit off of thing. Like, totally. Yeah, and put it in a little glass. I don't know if anyone does this. Is that an American thing? Or I, I don't know. They came in little glass balls, and they're like $3.10, fucking like two, 200 milliliters. They have a really good orange cream soda. <laughs> um, so crossing that bridge is kind of a study of death itself. But I would also say... I'm, yeah. You might disagree with it as well. I think it's like for ICP, you don't expect a rock song. It's a pretty fucking good rock song. Yeah. I actually put down uh, the bridge of this song, which is like um, 
It's like that middle point, like if you're not familiar with it. Uh, I, th I think so. It's the one part that's a little different in like the yes. 75 okay, yeah, percent Yeah, that is a great part. That band killed it there. Yeah, that, that fucking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, that's the only note I have for this, but because oh. because the song was pretty straightforward, I was like, oh yeah, it's about like, you know, crossing over to the other side. And, like, yeah, the kid, they, there was like a reference to like kids going over and for all throughout. Yeah. That's yeah. The... Yeah. The, the chorus is like, I see some children talking yeah. over what kind of like they get today. So it's about like regretting, like, well, dying as a kid. Yeah. The kid is the best time of your life, but you don't want to fucking end the story there. You want yeah. the whole story. You want the film. You want the annoying. You want those times we talked about earlier where you're tearing your hair out and you're fucking crying and you're still over. Yeah. Yeah, because you gotta get to that point. Like, you you gotta get to that point. You gotta get to that point. You gotta experience it all. Like, it's not a good story if there's no conflict. You have to have the conflict. And I remember giving a dear loved one that advice when she was quite young, and I'm quite a bit older than her. And she came and be like, how do I even like on when you stop this much? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. It, it's important to have that. Because like, think about like, Lord of the Rings, there's no Sauron. What is this when watch a Hobbit smoke and fight? Yeah, th that is an underrated part. I, I think a lot of people, like when they have kids and stuff, they always think, oh, a different person in it. I, it makes, like, a lot of the times kids are just like their parents until they get that age. I think it makes you appers. You're just, yeah. little, you're just a little thing. <laughs> you're just a product of whatever your parents fed yeah, you. Yeah, a little, little mirror. Yeah, and, and then eventually you become your own person. You get to challenge your parents and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And then the parents get to give up on support. So this song is entirely about that, but this yeah. is some of what that inspires. And I think it does touch on that butterfly mentality looking at innocence of youth. Um, specifically in the face of that. Yeah. But it goes through and it challenges. And remember, like, we're coming up to the last track here. So, yeah. bearing in mind what they say in that track, think about some of the lyrics from this song. Right. Where he says, like, I never questioned the book, but what if I, let's say I live by the book, I never ate meat on Tuesday. How much bigger would my wings look? Yeah. Like, they're doing a lot in this song to kind of make fun of dogmatic practice yeah. of religion. Yeah. And this album, and I'll argue that to the death, if that's uh, maybe judging by what you say, you didn't take it that way. But this is not a religious album, and it's certainly not a Christian album. And they were accused of that a lot. For mm -hmm. years afterwards, there were MTV articles like, ICP are evangelical Christians, and people would come yeah. up to me in bars like, oh, they're a Christian band now? Like, fuck, no, they're not. And some people would bring Bibles to get signed, and like, yeah. they'd always refuse. Like, this is not what we're about. We're saying that this metaphor attaches to those metaphors. Like, it's the same idea. It's the same framework. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they were not subscribing to any specific religion by any point. And I think this song does a really good job of saying that. Like, it doesn't matter what you're believing. Just, like, enjoy life, value it, because it's a beautiful thing, and you don't want to see it lost too soon. Yeah. I, I like, I, I, I'm, I'm with them on the general sentiment. Like, uh, do you want to transition to the next song? Um, as soon as I point out that okay. nowadays this song is a regular addition to their very rare but beautiful acoustic. Oh, cool. Yeah. I would like to actually hear those. Strums and drums, baby. If you have, like, we should do an episode of those. That would be fun. They <laughs> they might be following through on an album that they promised. Sweet. If not, I have a recording from, what's that big shitty festival that hipsters go to? 
Uh, oh, uh, Coachella? No, um, <laughs> South by Southwest. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's it. They, they did an acoustic set at that, like, a year ago or something. Oh. I've got a ripped copy of that. It's not the best version. Like, I, it'd probably be better to wait on the album, but we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. If that's something people would like to see us do in an upcoming season, let us know. And if there's better versions than the South by Southwest version I have, send it my way. Um, into the next song. So now we are going into the final two songs. Once again, I pulled my devious little tricks and I slipped two songs into one. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm a stinker that way. Um, so this is The Wraith. Now, technically, Thy Wraith and Thy Unveiling. Yeah. Because just to be goofy <laughs> yeah. with this album, they did all of the thes as thys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't mistype everything on this. Yeah, no, I figured as much. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is Thy Wraith and Thy Unveiling. Uh, let's start with Thy Wraith. Um, this is the title track. It comes later in the album, which is rare yeah. for ICP. And um, actually, I think the last time that happened was the Ringmaster, which closed with the Ringmaster's words. Right. Um, it did have Wax Museum which was essentially setting the stage for the Ringmaster. But this one had Walk Into the Light, which set the stage as well. This is penultimate song being the Wraith, and I Wraith. And um, just explaining the character. Yeah, um, it's death, basically. It's the Grim Reaper, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Um, he comes and takes you to the other side. Now, there's... Maybe we'll leave that to there's, there's speculation that maybe there's two Wraiths, because when you see the album cut of the next one, the Wraith looks a little bit different. By the way, on this album cover, what the Wraith is doing, if you look at him right there, is like he's reaching out to you. Yeah. Right? It, it's meant to look inviting, is my understanding. Yeah. yeah. There, there are other takes of that, where that's actually like a negative Wraith, because he has horns, the other one doesn't. Okay. So that, 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 that's more of a warning, saying I can still pull you back down if you fuck up. That wasn't my reading from the song, but... No, from the song, certainly not. Yeah. That's speculation on the album cover and obviously like he's standing over your book of life like, yeah it's a judgment it is great but this song does give a more reassuring sense to it yeah um, with, with lyrics like you know most people fear him but because they don't understand that once he finally touches you eternity can begin yeah and like the chorus it says you know, nothing to fear yeah right so it, it's giving a more yes he will come he will come to everybody that's okay it's part of life yeah. And just like just like what we were talking earlier, the awful moments, the challenging moments, the weak moments where we test and we were tested and we doubt ourselves. Yeah. Our important parts of life. That's bad. Yeah, oh yeah. And it doesn't have to be such an awful thing. And I think there's 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 a beauty in thinking about that. Maybe I see PR you look for to learn those messages from. But no. I think everybody has to learn that message and I think it's really important. This is I still look at this as like, you know, if you had to like I mean about to shit my pants like just give me some space while I die. You know my nightmare situation is like right. a comic thing where they're like you play a song coming and you have 10 minutes and you get stuck in traffic. I should be able to talk about that. Fucking annoying. <laughs> but you know that that's how it would happen, right? Like yeah. you'd be at work or something and you're like, oh fuck, I'm not going to get home in time to see like anybody that I care about. I'm going to get stuck wearing in traffic because everyone has the same idea I have. Oh man, I definitely got to play that song at some point. Yeah. But, but like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my death scenario that I hate the most. <laughs> Being in traffic? See, yeah. I don't mind that, honestly. I, I think I just park and throw on my favorite song. Like that. Uh, that sounds okay to me. I don't know. I, um, 
I don't fear death, I just know that it won't be as exciting or important as I think it's, it's going to be all that done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be disappointing. <laughs> and you don't want that to be your final thought, like, ah, that's a fucking waste. Yeah, absolutely. What was all about, you know? I, I think the only times that you hear anybody say any, anything that's like a big deal is, is uh, in retrospect. Like, I think at the time, most of the time, things are pretty, like, uh, mundane and shitty. <laughs> and then afterwards, you, like, hype it up in your head because it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so I also said, uh, this kind of reminds me of that, uh, what, is it called What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield? I don't even know what that means. That, that, I don't know a single word you just said. That, there's something happening here. The song, you know that song? Stop, hey, what's that sound? You know that song? I, no, I don't. This song reminds me of that song. That that uh, I think. <laughs> not the wraith part. I th- I think it's the unveiling part. I can't remember. But anyways, it reminds me. Reminds These are two different songs. So you're talking about the unveiling? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You don't have any other thoughts on the wraith? Neil Young played for Buffalo Springfield. Really? He was the guitar player at Buffalo Buffalo Springfield. Huh. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big band. I'm surprised you don't know who they are. No, I think like once I think once I was talking to a kid about Bruce Springsteen and I thought I meant Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> and now I just now that just sets me off. I love I, imagining somebody thinking Buffalo Springfield is a man whose first name is Buffalo. <laughs> There's almost definitely people named Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Yeah. There, there, there we go. Uh, okay. Um yeah, so this is another one that I think is like a really clear description. Tells exactly what he is. Yeah. Um, but gives that nice message as well. So I like this song a lot. And yeah, one of my deathbed songs, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're written down there. So yeah, your funeral, this is one of the, the songs? No, let me make that clear. I'm, I'm talking like if I'm lying on my bed okay. alone and I get to pick a song to listen to, this is what it would be. My funeral? Like, whatever you want. I'm not going to be there. I don't give a fuck. Okay, then it's I can be naked hanging upside down by my toes if you want. Then it will be Tarzan by Aqua. Fuck if yes. it's up to I, me. I, I don't know what that is, but like everybody like draws, draw cards, whatever. I mean, probably do something nice for my parents if they're there. If you, know, you like but... to imagine everybody being incredibly uncomfortable and confused at your funeral, <laughs> that's the best Tarzan song by Aqua? Tarzan by Aqua. Okay. It's a really upbeat song about Tarzan. Fuck, good. Done by the Barbie girl people. So it's like in those voices where it's like, meet Tarzan. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, do it. I'm not, not going to be there. My funeral is like the thing that I care least about that I can possibly imagine. Also, what happens to my body? Don't yeah. give a fuck. Donate it to next to that. That's all I care. I, I, I don't need it. I, I want to use mine. Uh, this is a Halloween prop. This is an appropriate time to talk about our deaths, right? In this oh, song? fuck okay. yes. Absolutely. That's what <laughs> this is about. Okay. My death, I've always wanted to, all of my friends, uh, to, to get together. Uh, and bring one person that is not a very good friend of mine as well. And uh, you have to stay one night in my house to get my fortune. And <laughs> and all of my it's an original idea, yeah. And all of my close friends are going to hoax me being a ghost the whole time. Well, the one person who's the plant is gonna get spooked. <laughs> And then all the friends are going to get to divvy up some of my money, and if that guy stays the night, he gets a prize. Okay, do we get to pick the prize? Yeah, well, it will be like a money or whatever I own that is going to get divvied up. Who's the person, Brandon? Uh, no, no, it's got to be somebody fun. Like, um, he wouldn't be as fun. 
like Merle or something. <laughs> All of us just pranking Merle? Yeah, pranking Merle that I'm a ghost. I think Merle would run. Yeah. I think we could get Merle to run. And I want to, like, record my voice beforehand being like, woo! Oh, you, can I, like, write some things that, like, <laughs> if, 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 let's hope that we know you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just the asteroid scenario. Yeah. Or, or the arrow by, uh, by a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did that guy die? Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, uh, anyway, 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 arrow, I think that was last episode. Let's not continue yeah. things. Yeah, okay. Um, what's the last? I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I'd like to die. And, yeah, I, I want to be able to, like, write, like, I need you to say these ten lines, because I have, like, a plan, and then I won't tell you the plan. You'll just have to be like, okay. Sweet. Because <laughs> I, like, one of my favorite movies is uh, The House on Haunted Hill, starring Vincent, Vincent Price. Oh, I never thought that's what you might be referring to. Weird. Yeah, I too. <laughs> I thought you were referring to a Scooby-Doo angle. No, no, I, I, like, I watched Scooby-Doo, and that was like, oh, I love that. And then I saw that movie, and I was like, this is where they got it from. Yeah, and it became I, one I of my get favorite it, I get movies, it. yeah. Um... So, on to the... Un- Die unveiling. Um, so, the thing that I wrote about this was God, exclamation, question mark? Yeah. Uh, huh? <laughs> uh, and Buffalo Springfield. And then also, did Jade just recently come out of rehab? I have this theory <laughs> that whenever people get like this, it's usually because they had to go through re- rehab. Hmm. Interesting. Why? Because people find God in rehab because it's how you get through an addiction. And a lot of the times they they have a weird perspective on life. Uh, interesting. That usually wasn't present beforehand. I don't think he did. Okay, <laughs> just curious. I think Shaggy did. Oh, maybe that's it. But not Jay. But it feels like Jay is the kind of head of this. I don't know if that's my. No, favorite. there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Um. No, he actually like. And hey, if anybody has insider information that I'm not privy to, like I suspect there is some more stuff going on that I won't get into right now on account of that purely speculation. Okay. But uh, the way he tells it is actually he quit most of his meds, um, uh, like all his prescription meds, yeah. and uh, got into weed and exercise. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, I approve of that. Lost a lot of weight, ran every night, listened to all his favorite music, and thought about things he's happy about. I'll, I'll tell you right now, exercising high is the best thing ever. It seems like a bad idea, but no, that that's, that was his formula for success. Like, yeah. like I don't know, I, I could show you pictures of him like before this era started. Yeah, like at the end of the Bizarre Bizarro, where he's like humongous. Yeah, he did slim down quite a bit. Yeah, he's been up and down a lot. Yeah, he, he's not a healthy lifestyle. Well, he's on antidepressants too, right? Yeah, that doesn't help that, with yeah. it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently he got off of them, started smoking weed, and just getting high and running and listening to music and like at first he could just walk and he'd be hurting and like sore yeah. and bleeding and then eventually he'd like ma- manage to jog a little bit and then like eventually he's like running around the blocks listening to music and getting high Sweet. and like that was more of like it was less finding God and more like finding himself and remembering the things he loves yeah. and I guess like boy do we not have time for it this episode but it could be a very long philosophical debate about what God means to us yeah. and um like I'm not a religious person, but I, I would say like I believe in God you know, in a very very loose way. Yeah. To me, I mean, fuck. Now I'm gonna start talking about Tolkien. But um, God, God is almost like a music note or a, a theme, a resonance. Yeah. Are you familiar with a bolero by Ravel? Yeah. Um, uh, we have talked about this, and I told you it's a song for insane people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there we there we go, and this is why you're not a juggalo. Yeah. Maybe I'm an insane person, but I love the shit out of that song. Yeah. Because, because of the drum. Yeah, it's just a theme that continues. Which makes All me think... All the way through. And it's, it's the anchor point. The North Star of that entire song. And it's 
there and it's driving it, and all the cacophony happens, and the drums are still at the end. Yeah. And that kind of underlying theme, and boy, could I go into a four-hour Tolkien explanation of Lunatar and the music of the Ainur, and if there's any juggalo thing that I'm talking about now, please get in touch with me. Yeah, the twinkle of his eye when he says that. I did. I'm not even fucking with you. You've grown so much, and you're a juggler. We're your best friends forever, and I'll be fucking with you. But you know, that's kind of the idea of God that I have. It's like attuned to the universe. That music that we should all be dancing to, that we're not all here. And this album did an amazing job of capturing that kind of feeling. It's not about not even being up in two days or any of that bullshit. It's just about remembering the goodness, remembering the kind of things we understood naturally. Yeah. 
complicated love-hate relationship with religion. Um, I had some awful experience with it. Yeah, and same. yet I've stripped that away. I look at God. My relationship with that word is the positive. It's not religion. Now, yeah. don't get me started. I have very different opinions there. If they said we're religious and this is religion, I'd have walked out and closed the door behind me. Yeah. But just saying, like, oh, that's just to me. That's just a good. Yeah. It's strictly and. You said it was on the nose. I wonder how on the nose you think it was because I want to go through something. I have some really detailed notes here about yeah. something that I get in this song that you haven't mentioned yet, and I want to get to that right away. But yeah, to me, cool. That's that explains a lot because I share a lot of your um, reticence yeah. about religion, if not God. To that, me, I don't look at God that way. Th- that's that's why I, I I gravitate more to like the evil of things because I feel like the evil of things like doing like unconventional things is making a statement of how you value like how much you don't value that idea like the like how much you don't value god is like <laughs> like watching movies where people cut each other up indiscriminately and like you, you do blasphemous things and all mm-hmm. these things that that was more powerful to me but you can not value religion you can still value god and that being like the decency. I've just never God. associated God without religion. Okay. You yeah. never split those concepts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, to me, like, and I think that was a large part of the effort to do that. And, like, Jay's also talked a lot about promises he made to his mom. Like, his mom was very religious. Yeah. And she'd call him, like, worried sometimes, like, what are you doing? These things are saying, like, they're so far from what we were taught. And, like, yeah. And he'd always promise her, like, mom, I'll make it right. Like, yeah. I'm not evil. Like, I'll, I'll show you that in the end. And this is kind of their way, like, never subscribing to religion, never bossing people around and saying this is what you should or shouldn't be. Right, and they never did. Yeah, oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, like, they made fun of it on the one song, almost. Yeah. Um, but just the ideas of life and death, evil and good, heaven and hell, these dichotomies that they've raised all throughout their careers. Yeah. Saying, yeah, yes, that is what it's about. It's not about, you know, that wicked shit around them was another, uh, another lyric in this song. Yeah. And then, to be even more brazen, we're not sorry if we trade. Like, yeah, I know. We are not bad guys. I kind of enjoyed that. Is that they're just like, fuck you if you don't like this. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated that at the end because I was like, oh, okay, cool. At least they're aware that some people will be kind of irritated. They were us. very aware. And yeah. oh, man, I should have actually started this episode with that because it's, it's another important quote from the gathering because I said, when, when you hear the six strokers card, we want you to know that we mean everything we said on it yeah. and you're either with us or forget us. Yeah. Like, that's a bold thing that to is say a to your thing, entire yeah. fan base. Yeah. But they said that, and some people did leave. For some people, they were too Christian. For other people, afterwards, they weren't Christian enough. <laughs> they were always up, the No, thing, straight yeah. up, yeah. They, like, yeah. The, like a month after this album, they released a single where he's like, I've even used Bible papers while rolling my blunts. And people were like, why would you say that after saying you were about God? Like, I thought you had found the light. And people were like, I never fucking said that, man. Yeah. They were just saying that, yes, the, the message behind the music is what we're about. You're not hearing things. Yeah. There is a message. Yeah. We're about decency and like love and good. Like call it anything you want. Yeah. We're gonna call it God because that's kind of the catch-all. That's about as far as it goes in my mind. As right. far as being God, they're not religious. They're not anything. We're just like you know, because people would say, people would say to juggles, you know, no, they're not about anything good. Like you're making that shit up. You're <laughs> using it to justify their evil. They're yeah. all about murder and they're misogynist and they're hateful. Yeah. And, and we're like, no, man, we're, we're hearing like they're talking about not being right. They're talking about like anti-bigotry. They're talking about being together and like loving freaks and welcoming yeah. fat people. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've never gotten that. But like I've never gotten the vibe that they were just evil or anything. And, and like people would say that shit are the same people who say sh- talk shit about all sorts of 
fucked up things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Get off their high horse a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. With you there. Yeah. Um, so, to me, yeah, the word they used, God, was just their catch-all word to say that, yeah, we like, are about something. Yeah. And it, it was just, we have to step aside for this one thing to wrap up the story and say, like, yeah, that message, it was there. It was intentional. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. And then they're going to strip it all away and show what the music sounds like without that. Right. What is it like when it's just the actual definition of wicked? Because the wicked shit came to mean like punishing evil. It became yeah. a retributive, a like vengeful, yeah. a karmic sort of force. Yeah, it's a catharsis. Of Absolutely. Yeah. So what is wicked without that? And there's still, like, some of that does sneak in. Yeah. But I think you'll notice a really heavy difference on Hell's Pit as, as far as how they deliver that. Well, I'm excited for that. Awesome. Apparently that one is for the many. <laughs> one thing that happened in that song, and I was trying to watch your reaction, and I don't know that you reacted very much, because I did something quite intentional, and I bet Jogalotus caught on to it. Okay. I fucked up. I don't. I think I left one song out okay. from the main Jogas cards. But as after they delivered the message, and there was like the upbeat little outro, Yeah. they, they had snippets from songs. You caught that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah. So I included, very intentionally, most of those songs in our playthrough so that you have okay. the context of them and have discussed them all already. Yeah. I believe I forgot to use the juggler in our third episode. Uh, and, I think you're right. And several others weren't on Joker's card, so I didn't have the opportunity to do so. But of the eight, I introduced you to five. Yeah. Let's go through them. Okay. <laughs> um, so the songs that they included, you can see listed here starting on page 41. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they started with the show must go on. Which is from the Riddle Box. Yeah, and I recognize there, there are some of these that I recognize, some of these that I didn't recognize. Okay. Yeah. Well, some of them we definitely didn't play. Um, three of them, at least, I think we didn't play. Yeah. And only one of them was on an album that we heard. Uh, I'll tell you where we'll, we'll go through them one at a time, and I'll tell you where they're from, and we'll revisit the themes of the ones we covered, and I'll Sweet. fill you in on the themes we didn't. Yeah. And that's a good way to wrap this up, I think, because, and if I decide to include. Um, Real Underground Baby, which is the closing of um, Hell's Pit. Yeah. That's a much longer. That's why I was tempted to avoid it. And as well because um, it doesn't have that heavy message. There's nothing to it, really. It's quite hollow. Gotcha. But it plays a bunch of other songs as well. And we can juxtapose the songs that they chose for that and the songs they chose for this. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I'm down so that. the show must go on. Do you remember that one? Uh, From Riddlebox. Yeah, I do remember that show one. show must go on. Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, that one was the wagons coming to town. Yeah, the I like that one. The assembly, right? Yeah. Things coming together. The next one is the juggler. Now, we didn't listen to that one. No. Um, that's not as deep of a song, but it, it did introduce a very important term. One concert when juggler, when Jay was rapping it, the juggler, is there any juggalos in here? Oh. The birth of the juggler. So we talked about this song, Interesting. even though we didn't listen to it. Yeah. So now we've got the wagon coming to town yeah. and the birth of juggalos. Okay. Pass Me By from Malenko. You remember that? Yeah. We didn't do that for too long ago, but that was a song about heaven. Yeah. Pretty simple concept. Justice, karmic reward, all of that. Dirtball we did not listen to. No. That was a single from AP Magazine, later released on one of their comics, I believe. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the song, like, what's the context of the song? The context of the song is a team of four aliens um, coming to Earth to decide whether or not it was worth taking over and inhabiting and looking at people and realizing like, nope, it's occupied by shitty 
awful <laughs> creatures. Let's move on and find a better place. Gotcha. Um, but the chorus that you heard being sung was, this is our world. This is our world. This is our world. So get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, so that's talking about like kind of the, the juggalo world. Right. Five, okay. Things like that. Gotcha. So there's a progress to this. Like you can see like yeah. building it. To my mind. Yeah. They're very yeah. well chosen and very intentionally chosen. Maybe I'm way off base. Let me know, Juggalos. Um, Fuck Off is from Shaggy Two Dope's solo album okay. back in 94. Um, and that's just about something that's always been a very core concept of Juggalos. It's just kind of personal independence. Yeah. It's going to like me, just fuck off. <laughs> Simple as that. And that's why, like, you, you were very nervous, saying, well, I'm going to disagree with a lot of stuff. The Juggalos are going to hate yeah. me. I don't think so. I don't think the Juggalos give a shit. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Hey. If you hate both, let us know. Yeah. Like, like, I'll, like start a group through the We Hate Scott or something like that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna totally prove me wrong. I'm gonna look like an asshole. Um, dog beats. Dog beats. You remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> Way back to our very first yeah. episode, right? That's just the history, where they came from. Right. Yeah. Um, the start of it back all. Back on the streets. Yeah. Three ring, a ding, a ding, ding. Now I gotta say, and maybe I'll regret this, but by this, when three rings hit, I got a little bit misty eyed. The first time I was listening to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the inclusivity one, the welcoming of the freaks. Right. We, we talked about that pretty heavily yeah. in that episode. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, a really important, like, these are all kind of key concepts from their career mm-hmm. that they're sewing, weaving into this song. Yeah. Right? Um, Murder Go Round, the final one that they go out with was, uh, do you remember Murder Go Round? Yeah. I, um, I, that one I recognized way more because it kind of stuck in my head afterwards. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Murder Go Round was about. Well, it was essentially morality about, like, non-violence and yeah. how death begets death and violence comes back to haunt you. Yeah. So, despite it being about murder, it's kind of a non-violent song. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, you, you, I would argue that the selection of those songs talks about some of the key, like, moralistic concepts that they have explored throughout their career. Yeah, and even just a progress from, like, start to finish throughout that. They're, they're not in um, yeah. they're not release, in or order release order by any order. Means, but, but they are kind of in, like... Uh, uh, they're in an order that makes sense, like as a story. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Whew. Well. This, I think we've covered a lot. Um, <laughs> any, any other last-minute thoughts? Um, it didn't resonate with you, is what I'm hearing. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think you agree with some of the ideas you've heard. You don't like the use of the word God is one of the biggest things. <laughs> and the stripping away of some of the nuance yeah. and the duality of their concept didn't work for you, which, understandable. Yeah. But, hey, that only gives credence to how tight their concept is. Yeah. It works as a whole, and maybe it doesn't work stripped, stripped apart. So I'm, I'm really interested to see whether or not Hell's Play works for you. That's kind of the other side of the coin. These, mm-hmm. I, I'll often lay them out, and like all five of them all in a row, and then the other two like... Up and down. Up and down, yeah. yeah. And realizing that this is like a split of the band. And it, it's a really interesting experiment they did. To me, it's the coolest way they could have ended the story. Um, I, mean, I know Jugglers disagree with this. I've heard people name other albums and say, hey, I wish this one was a sick Jugglers card. I wish this one was a sick Jugglers card. Yeah. And, eh, take it or leave it. Like, maybe. <laughs> but I feel like if the sick Jugglers card was just another Jugglers card, the story wouldn't feel very complete. Like, I think they had to do something neat. And they, I think they did they it really did, well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like I said, like they, they swung hard for the fences. So, <laughs> like, props to that. Like, it wasn't my cup of tea, but, like, good, mm-hmm. good on them. It was bold. They didn't yeah. try to... Like, play by the rule book, right? Yeah, exactly. And I respect the fuck out of that. It resonated like crazy with me and still does. Like, I love listening to it. I still love listening to Hell's Pit as well. Like, when I say that's the album for the rest, mm-hmm. don't think that I don't love that album. 
Yeah. But this is the one where it's like, man, like if I want to like curl up in a blanket and just feel like <laughs> bomb and put on some earphones and you know maybe smoke a little some some, uh, this is probably the album I'm gonna pull out because man, does this take me back to some good times, my first gathering, like all the jugglers I met throughout my entire life. I can think of like talking this album, like where were you when you heard the race? Yeah. What about when it was announced? What'd you think? Is it too religious? Like, what? I've had this conversation a hundred times all over the world with jugglers. I, I bet the internet went wild for this too, hey? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Some people walked right away, took off their hatchets, put them down forever. Other people, like, weren't sure about it. And they're like, now I can finally call myself a jungler because I know I'm not wrong with what I was hearing. Yeah. Like, I know I'm not misled. I've been tricked before, but now I know these guys are for real because they put themselves on the line. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. It, it set the world on fire, absolutely. Well, the juggler world, at least. Um, the rest of the world gets on fire. Next album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. This has been a long episode. I think it's time to wrap up. Um, any final shout-outs, promos, outros that you uh, want to do? Looney Bin, Shite Nights. Uh, check them all out. That's it. All those things. I will um, reiterate that. Uh, Looney Bin is going to be coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, like I said, we've recorded eight episodes all in a row uh, without posting them yet just because we wanted to stick to a very tight timeline. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's anybody listening to this, hopefully we're going to be <laughs> I don't even know yet. We might be the only one. But uh, we're going to be doing our best to engage you on um, Facebook.com.org. What is it? Uh, uh, .biz. I don't know. Something. I don't know. One of the Facebooks we're going to be on, uh, it's the Gentleman Juggalo. We've got some super cool art done up. Uh, we're going to be on there. We're going to be talking to you. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts all the way through. And we're going to be recording the Hell's Pit episode and the final episode a little bit later so that we can get yeah. some of your thoughts. We can engage with you a little bit for those. And uh, we can incorporate all of that. So hit us up on those. Personal message. Track down our emails. Track down our phone numbers. Come to our houses. Well, mine, I don't see. Don't, don't mess with his. He's got a kid. And all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let us know. What your thoughts, if there's any topics you want to revisit, if there's any songs that I didn't show for that I really fucked up that um, Scott should hear. I can still go back and forth with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no Scott, whatever your name is. Yeah. Um, if there's some, I, I have some thoughts. I think I might want to play him Feel So Right. Maybe we'll save um, Real Underground Baby for that time. But uh, I've got some other ideas. Let me know. Um, and as well, what to do for next season. I'm super curious about that. Um, we could look at Bizarre Bizarre. We could look at some of the EPs from this era. We could look at, you know, side projects, Dark Lotus, uh, Super Villains, uh, Psychopathic Riders, stuff like that. We could get straight into yeah. the second deck. Give uh, some suggestions and we'll talk about it in the last episode. Yeah, we're happy to cover it all. Um, that's my pitch. Visit me as well, Brado Inc. I've always got stuff popping off there. I'm writing. I am an author, as I've stressed hype probably too many times already. Uh, <laughs> I've got a book in stores, Edgar's Worst Sunday. We talked about that very slightly on this episode. Um, check that out. Leave a review. Hit me up if you've got questions about how to get it or ask me for apologies for it whatever i don't care um, <laughs> we're around we're looking forward to engaging with you it's been a pleasure i know it's not the end but i feel like it is after the six jokers card uh, this has been a ball scott i took you on a journey here uh, we still got a ways to go and hopefully several more seasons to go but super uh honored and thankful for you coming on that with me um, no you have i think you had some fun um it's, yeah, it's been yeah. super cool like watching somebody I, I don't get to show this to a lot of people because yeah. honestly most times I talk about ICP people are like fuck yes I'm a juggler or else uh uh leave Not me the fuck alone yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like honestly yeah. like so touched that you were willing to listen to this all after our previous podcast you expressed interest in that yeah, and no, that I... like super cool um this one sat different with you and that's interesting it's some learning and that's you know Jay said this one's for the <laughs> this one's for the rest so hey yeah he, he was right 
all those years ago, and we'll see if this next one's for the rest, or if you just like their classical approach. Because if not, if you just like the classical approach, hey, we got plenty more of those to cover as well. You ain't seen the end of the carnival yet. As always, juggalos, juggalettes, twisted serial killers, hatchet warriors, dead body men, humans, aliens, people, centaurs, whatever the fuck, whoever's listening at this point, it's like fucking midnight right now, I'm tired. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back. Hey, Scott? Yes? You're not going to whoop whoop. Whoop whoop!